everyone. This is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am back today with my good friend, Annette Brown, and we're talking about how to raise our kids to be leaders. And we're also going to talk um, either today or tomorrow. We'll see how the conversation goes today, but we're going to talk about um, adoption and foster care and how that plays into uh, being a homeschool family. Um, this is a family who has just, oh man, God has used them in so many ways in the world of foster and um, adoption. And so Nanette's going to be able to share some of their story and how the Lord's gotten them through that, because that can be really hard as well. Uh, but but we're going to first jump off talking a little bit more about leadership and, and how to teach our kids to be leaders. So if you missed Monday's episode, go back and listen to that. Nanette gave us a great acronym for the word leader and how we can play that out in our own homes and then set that example for our kids. Um, and also just teaching them how to love, how to serve, how to give, and and what a real leader looks like. So, so listen to that one if you missed it. We're going to continue our conversation. But before we do, I want to say thank you again to our sponsor, BJU Press Homeschool. They are a fantastic, solid biblical worldview curriculum for every grade, every subject. And if you're looking for new things, I know, you know, as the school year, it's not coming to a close yet, but as we're kind of in the second part of the school year, you might be starting to think about next year and what you're going to do. Maybe some things that you're doing this year aren't quite working so well. So maybe BJU Press Homeschool has something for you and you can call them and talk to their consultants who will help walk you through what is best for your family. So check them out, bjupresshomeschool.com. Also, if you would do us a favor, if you have not left a rating or a review for this podcast, would you just take a moment to do that? Wherever you're listening to it, if you're listening to it um, through Apple Podcasts or you know maybe Spotify, whatever, if you would leave a rating and then write a review, those written reviews are really, really helpful so that people know what the podcast is about and why it's a blessing to you and why it could be a blessing to them as well. Um, also, if you have not subscribed to our newsletter, would you do that? Um, go to our website, schoolhouserocked.com, and you can subscribe to our newsletter there so that you always kind of know what's going on with the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry. Anyway, Nanette, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad Thank to have you, you with me um, this week, man. It has been such a fun conversation already that we've had, and uh, God is using you in big ways, my friend. Oh, um, thanks. We talked about leadership. We talked about raising our kids to be leaders. Let's talk about discipleship, um, which kind of works into the whole leadership thing, right? In the teenage years, because you've now, as you said, you, you've got a house full of teenagers and you've got one now adult child who's who's out of your home and in college. Yes. What have the teenage years looked like for you and how do you disciple your kids through these teen years? So just so you know, currently I have a 20-year-old, an 18-year-old who's a senior in high school, a 15-year-old and a 14-year-old. Um, the two older ones are girls and the two younger are boys. So for my girls, um, I feel like it was more of an emotional roller coaster because when they were sad, I was trying to help them to be happy and then or and then I would be sad <laughs> for them. Um, yeah, but it has actually been pretty good because I see my 20 year old who's now in her second year of college. I just see the fruit of everything that her dad and I and all the different people God sent into our life, everything that was poured into her, I see it just coming out. Like this girl has so much confidence. And it's funny because when she was younger, as and during her teenage years, I feel like that was definitely an area of struggle. Um, she 
really struggled to find people to connect with and friendships. Um, but I see how her almost, I don't want to say isolation, but her not having a lot of friends, she actually grew in Christ. Like mm. her friendship with the Lord is what took off. And it was a quiet, it wasn't like she was like out there like, yeah, I'm out here preaching the word. It wasn't like that. <laughs> it was just like her learning how to go to God with her challenges, with her struggles and, you know, just walking with Jesus. And I yeah. see now, like, it was like somewhat painful because if you ask her, which I was kind of shocked uh, when I, I heard this from her last year, like she was like, my life as a teenager, it was so bad. It was so lonely and it was so horrible. And I was like, it was, we were all here. But to her, it was really not that fun. But now the Lord has blessed her in her college year. She goes to a wonderful Christian college and she is thriving. She is Mm. doing so well. Um, Also, I've seen a difference with boys, raising girls versus boys. So like I said, my two younger teenagers, 14 and 15, are boys. And one of the things, like, I was like this with my boys, like, their whole lives. And then just last year, I started to notice, like, my boys don't listen to me like they used to. And I'm not a... I'm not a weak mom. I'm strong. I know I have to be a little stronger with my boys. But even in my strength, I would notice they're not like adhering to me like they used to. Yeah. And one of the things I kind of came to, I think my mom told me that. She's like, she's like, Lynette, when your boys get to be teenagers, sometimes they just don't listen to you, but like they do a man. And I noticed that like... Mm. Um, my boys do martial arts, they do jujitsu. And one day the, the professor, that's what they call the head coach, um, asked me, how are the boys doing? He's a Christian, by the way. So he caught me on the wrong day because he asked me (laughs) and I told told him, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, listen, this one's not listening. This one I got to talk to like so much. This one's acting a fool in class. We homeschool, they go to school once a week. And he just caught me on the wrong day. So I just let him, let the coach hear everything. Do you know? He's like, okay, Mr. Brown. You know, we had a great conversation. Um, I didn't know this happened. But when my boys came back to the car, like about an hour and a half later, they're like, mom, what did you tell professor? And I was like, why? And then he's like, because he caught, like one of them said he called me out and we had a conversation. That conversation, the professor ended up praying with him. And let me tell you, that conversation changed my son's life. I didn't know it directly at that time. But at the time, we were really struggling with disrespect. Mm. Um, He was very disrespectful. Like, he would say stuff to me and my husband. And we're like, are you kidding me? Like, life is not a YouTube. Yeah, like, you're acting like. (laughs) I could feel like YouTube coming out of you, like you're watching memes yeah. and then you're bringing it back to me and dad. And like, right. he would act like he didn't know. Like, and I realized I don't even think they know what respectful is. And you have to like say, okay, that's not appropriate. Sure. Um, but anyways, his talk with his professor, who again was a Christian, really altered him because he, uh, he the 
he told me what was said later. I didn't know immediately, but the professor told me, listen, you need to respect your mom and you need to love her because she's sacrificing for you. And if I ask her again, um, how you're doing, I hear that you're being disrespectful to her. You're going to have to deal with me. And I'm shocked because he has a strong father. Yeah. Right? It's not like he's lacking a father figure right. at home. But yeah. for some reason, yeah. that professor's, he respects him because he mm-hmm. looks up to him. But that professor's voice or that man of God's voice made an impact in his life. Mm-hmm. And it also showed me, even though me and my husband are intentional parents that we're like, praying for our kids, really trying to do the best we can in Christ to raise them to be godly. Yeah. Um, we need people. I saw like God does use other people yeah. in our children's lives. And I saw the power of that male figure. Yeah. And that really was like huge for me. And he even later on told me that conversation really changed him. Wow. And because he never had anyone step to him like that on the yeah. outside, outside of his dad. Um, so, so raising teenagers has been, has had its ups and downs and I'm quite positive. I'm not that parent who's like, oh, teenagers are horrible and it's so hard. I don't, I don't think like that, Right. but it has been challenging because, you know, you think they're one way as kids. And then all of a sudden, you know, like my really happy, I have one child that's always been joyful and happy and then went through a very sad, Mm. depressing, dark season. Yeah. And my husband would, he's always like really keen to their, like where they're at emotionally. And he would be like, we need to pray for such and such. Something's not right with him. And then we would find like, when we press in and really focus and praying for that child, we've had where that child, that child I'm talking about has come to us and said, at least me and said, I want to talk to you. And then shared Mm -hmm. some of their struggles. Um, that I'm like, oh, that's wow. why you've been like this. Yeah. You know, so I think one of the keys in raising teenagers is um, we need to, even if they're good and they're compliant, we still need to be in tune with where they're at emotionally, yeah. mentally. Yeah. We need to be checking in and we can't just assume because they're compliant that they're good or that they're yeah. obedient, that they are good internally. We need yeah. to, um, be actually physically saying, Hey, how are you? And like delving deeper, asking questions, making ourselves available. And then even when they don't want to talk, when, when we want to talk, when they show interest in sharing, dropping everything and being completely available. So raising teenagers has its ups and downs, but I actually love it because I'm up for the challenge. (laughs) You know, God's put me here on this earth. Yeah. To raise these kids and, and and we're going hard doing it. Yeah. You know what what I hear you saying is it's so much about relationship because if you didn't have that relationship with your kids, they wouldn't come to you. They wouldn't yeah. trust you with their feelings and emotions. And that doesn't mean that they're always ready and willing to talk about what's going on in their hearts yeah. at the moment that it's happening. But our kids know that we love them. They know that we're for them and not against yes, them, right? Exactly. They know that we want the best for them and that we're praying for them. And that, you know, we yeah. oftentimes we have the, sometimes we don't have the answers, but oftentimes we do. And the answers always are found in the word of God. And so yes. if we're able to point them back to Jesus and give them the hope that, you know, that is with the Lord, I mean, 
it's, it is such a great thing to have a good relationship with your kids. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think sometimes we feel as parents, if things are not going the way that we think they should, because we have this idea, right? We have this fantasy as parents of like, oh, I'm going to homeschool my kids and we're going to have this great relationship and everything's going to go great. And my kids are going to obey and they're going to be respectful and they're going to do all the things. And then when they don't do that, we like want to freak out and go, ah, what's going on? Why are they not doing the things I want them to do? And I've had that with both of my girls times yeah. where, but you know what? I've had enough moms who have gone before me who have said, it's going to happen. Don't freak out when it happens. Just be there yeah. with them, listen to them, pray with them, talk with them, and they'll get through this phase of life and then move on to the next one. So exactly. I love the relationship yeah. you have with your kids. Uh, we've got lots more to talk about, but let's take a break. We'll be right back. Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. Thank you so much for all that you are doing and providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Are you looking for a homeschool curriculum that goes beyond textbooks and truly engages your children in the joy of learning? Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written by homeschool parents to specifically meet your needs and captivate your students with hands-on activities and experiments that make learning unforgettable. With an easy-to-follow, open-and-go format, Apologia takes the stress out of planning and provides a simple roadmap that can easily be tailored to your family's needs. Explore live classes or self-paced courses designed to accommodate every student's unique learning style. Elevate your child's education, spark their curiosity, and nurture a lifelong love for learning with Apologia. Discover Apologia today at Apologia.com. We are back with Nanette. Um, I love this conversation. I love being able to talk through these things with uh, mamas who I know and moms who I trust. Um, I, I mean, I trust all of our guests or else I wouldn't have them on the podcast. Um, but knowing your family personally and intimately, yeah. it's so much fun getting to talk through these things with you. Um, talk, let's talk about cultivating our, our children's call. Like God has a call and a purpose for every one of our kids. You know, we've yeah. told our girls since they were born that they were created on purpose and for a purpose. And that purpose is for them to serve the kingdom of God in one way or another. And we are all yeah. part of the body of Christ. And so that's going to look differently for everybody. So as you have raised your kids and as you are raising your kids, because you still have little ones in your home, yeah. how have you worked and how are you working to cultivate in your children the call that God has put them on their put on their lives and whatever ministry it is that he is calling them to? For our household, what my husband and I do is number one, is our words. We try to encourage them in who we believe God has called them to be. I think it's very important that parents in this day and time are kind of defining their kids rather than allowing the world to define mm. their kids, you know? So we're constantly kind of encouraging them in who they are. Number two, providing opportunities for service. Number three, something I haven't talked about here today, but something we actually love is Bible time. We love to get into God's word together as a family. Yeah. And so we go through seasons. I know that sometimes to some people that could sound a lot, but we go through seasons where we're consistent and we do it regularly. And then we go through seasons where my kids are asking, mom, how come we haven't done Bible time in so long? Like what you said, we're going to do it every week or every 
you know, three days or whatever. Yeah. So we go through seasons. I really feel like teaching our kids from the beginning or from as soon as you can, that the Bible is our final authority. Mm -hmm. This is what teaches us who God is. This is what teaches us who we are. This is what teaches us how we are to live. Like we need to be drilling that in their spirits, you know, from as early as possible. And so we keep, we come back to this book and we study it together or we read Mm -hmm. it together. And what that looks like for us is we usually just pick, we'll go through season where we'll pick a book in the Bible and we'll just read one chapter and then like, we'll split it up. You read five verses, five verses, five verses. And then I'll ask questions. I, I was a challenge director for three years in classical conversation. So I love to ask questions. So I'll ask questions. We have a conversation, wrap it up. How shall we then live and then pray? And that's it, you know, Mm -hmm. and just that time together, we usually glean so much from a passage of scripture. So um, cultivating their ministry, I feel telling them who they are, um, providing opportunities for service, and or encouraging them to serve and then getting in God's word together and praying together as a family. Yeah. I also love to have them pray. Like, so when they tell me, oh, mom, guess what happened? Such and such. And they're telling me about somebody. I'm like, well, let's pray for them. Yeah. And or we like we need to pray or we see something on the news. Let's pray. Yeah. Let's pray. And then putting it on them to pray. Let's ask the Lord to move in that situation. Yeah. And so I want them to pray at home so that when you're out in public, if something happens, you're ready to go. You're ready yeah. in season and out of season. Yeah. I so often have thought about all the times that the opportunities that we would miss out on being able to point our kids to Jesus and stop and pray if they weren't with us. You know, if our kids were in a classroom for 40 hours a week, yeah. we would miss so much time with them. I, I you know, the, the number is somewhere in the area. It's always different depending on whether or not you include extracurricular activities and, and, you know, classroom time and all of that, but somewhere in the neighborhood of like, I think 13 to 15,000 hours or more that our kids are away from us. If they're in a traditional school from kindergarten through 12th grade, I mean, imagine losing 13,000 hours of their childhood or 15,000 hours of their childhood and the influence that you would miss. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's so great having them with us and being able to just stop and pray and yeah. figure out, you know, okay, what is the Lord asking of us as a family right now? What do we need to do? Yeah. Um, let me ask Can you I a quick say question. something else yeah, real quick? Please. Yeah. Something that I feel like is very important. I don't want to overlook this. Also, it's modeling. Like you, we as parents, everything we're teaching, hopefully we are living. Yeah. And I think that's where you see when there's duplicity in the home, I think it can make room for kids wanting to run from the faith rather than running to the faith. Mm. So we have to be careful that we make sure we're yielding to God in the areas that he's trying to grow us in and change us in. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that sometimes we think we could be doing something in secret, but that secret disobedience will affect I believe, um, how we're rearing our children. So whatever God's calling us to do, uh, to stop, to start, we need to be obedient. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Let me ask you one last question. We're just about out of time. So we've got to wrap this one up. Um, And we're going to come back tomorrow and talk about um, adoption and foster care and all those things. But I want to ask one last question on this topic of leadership. And with, with 
eight children total ish mm-hmm. <laughs> in your home. Yeah. You have a lot of kids. You have lots of different personalities. And there are some kids who God has just created them as leaders. Like they just have it in them. They're the go-getters. They're the ones who like everyone just follows along and they can just lead the pack. And you see those kids on the on the playground and all the other little kids are trailing behind them. And they're like, we're going to play this now. We're going to play this. And that usually moves into their adult life. But then you've got those kids who are the trailers, right? They're the ones who are going to follow behind. How do you teach those kids and and... I love that you talk about we're, we're teaching them that acronym of leader. Um, so go back and listen to that again in, in part one on Monday. But how, how have you seen a difference in your kids who are just natural leaders opposed to those who are natural followers? And how do you encourage those kids who are natural followers to really become like kind of come out of their shell? But at the same time, you don't want to make them who God didn't make them to be. You know what I mean? Like God yes. gave them the personality that they have. So how how have you kind of navigated through that with your different kids who are followers? Okay, so I, in God's word, like let's look at Moses, for example. The one who had a stuttering problem that yeah. couldn't talk, God called that one to yeah. lead the nation of Israel out of Egypt, right? Yeah. So I... I feel like God, like that one that may appear Mm. to be the one that's lagging and the follower and not as strong as the strong one. I feel like a lot of times it's over time things switch. And Mm. I I have an example in my household. So I have my two girls. They are strong. They can stand alone. They were like, you know, they walk with the Lord and I don't care what the world's doing. I'm following Jesus. You know, that's yeah. their attitude, right? And then I have some other kids and they're like, you know, watching YouTube for the inward, you know, oh, drip. they're using all the slang. They're just trying to follow <laughs> like the world yeah. or whatever. But let me tell you this, and I want to give you a story. So I have one yeah. kid who very challenging, kind of a little bit rambunctious, loves the Lord though. He really has a real relationship with God, but difficult to contain and manage. I I don't know if that's a good word, if that sounds sure. bad, but kind of difficult. Yeah. But let me tell you, you got to give your kids Jesus no matter what, even though their behavior might be all over the place, um, out of pocket, disrespectful, you keep giving them Jesus, you keep pointing to Jesus. That one child, I, I like I said, I had a special teacher's meeting with this person's teacher because uh-huh. there's a lot of control in their behavior. Um, but that child who seems from the outward perspective, it could seem like, oh, I hope it's a he turns cause. out okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he turns <laughs> out all right. That boy, the, the, a youth group, I'm going to tell you a story. A youth group was going to the fair, the county fair. Just pass out tracks. They asked the whole youth group, would you like to come? He was like one of the only teenagers that signed up. His boy went, not only did he go every day to the like 12 day fair, 10 day fair, not only did he pass out tracks to people, he was engaging with people, sharing the gospel with people. Wow. This, he told me, mom, the scriptures that you taught, we learned as little kids, it was all coming out. And this mm. boy was preaching the gospel in love with wisdom, wow. engaging adults, engaging teenagers. He had people around him wow. wanting to listen to him share the gospel. And 
me and his dad were shocked. Wow. The youth group people, like the leaders were like, yeah. wow. Who they is were, this kid? And they were like, he wanted to come every day. You're only supposed to like do one shift. He stayed from four to like 1030 every day for the wow. fair. And this boy, he would call me mom, pray. I'm feeling some resistance, you know, who mom, this guy, wow. let, you know, gave his life to Christ. And so I say all that to say there is hope. Don't yeah. judge it like the way the world judges. Just mm. look at David, right? Yeah. And yeah. his brothers, the youngest right. one is who God chose as the anointed king. Yeah. So a lot of times the one that seems really bad, I hate that yeah. word bad, but the one sure. that looks like they're not following protocol, yeah. they're dis they're disrespectful or whatever, uh -huh. they're not non-compliant, that might be the one that God has chosen to do uh. even more spectacular and phenomenal things. Yeah. And so I don't judge it by that. As a matter of fact, when they are more shy and they don't show leadership qualities, it I, by faith, encourage them in their leadership. Like mm. I may say, no, you're a leader, son. You yeah. are a leader. You're great. You're this. Yeah. I may not feel it because it's not natural, but I speak it anyways. I encourage them in the yeah. Lord. Not yeah. in their own natural gifts, sure. but in the Lord, because he chooses yeah. the ordinary to do extraordinary things. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. Oh, I love that you just said that in the end, he does choose the ordinary to do extraordinary things. And I think so many homeschool moms need to hear that because I think oftentimes we feel like we're not enough. We can't do this. I wasn't made for this homeschooling thing, but God calls us to do this. And homeschooling our kids and raising children today is an extraordinary thing. Yeah. And we need the help of the Lord to do it. We cannot do it on our own. And so thank yeah. you for that reminder. Oh, so good, Nanette. We are out of time. We're going to come back tomorrow and we are going to park for the whole day tomorrow on foster care and adoption. And Nanette's going to share some of her story with us. And I know that there are many of you listening because I know you, I know you personally, we've heard from you and you are also involved in some sort of foster care ministry or adoption ministry. And so we're excited to talk about that. Um, really quickly again, Annette, share what your YouTube channel is where people can watch your, th this is a brand new channel. Yeah, you have brand new. several videos up already, but um, Nanette is interviewing kids. Um, she, her, she has a, uh, the channel is Raising Kids to Be Leaders, but then she's doing a like YouTube podcast called Conversations with Gen Z. And man, you've got some great videos up there. So tell us again where people can find that. So you can find me on YouTube at Raising Kids to Be Leaders. And we have a, like you said, I interview teenagers, Gen Zers, conversations. We have a conversation about the, and just try to gain wisdom from um, these kids that are on the right path following yeah. Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So cool. All right, we'll link that in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we're so grateful for you. Stay tuned to the very end here, a clip of what's coming up next on the podcast. And remember, again, you can find all things at our website, schoolhouserocked.com, where you can stream the movie for free starring Nanette Brown, <laughs> Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. Um, you can download the Homeschool Survival Kit. You can support the ministry uh, by giving a donation. We are always so grateful for that. Um, or you can subscribe to our newsletter. So it's all there, schoolhouserocked.com. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Bye. As parents, our greatest hope is that our kids will grow up to be followers of Jesus Christ and live out God's call on their lives. 
but you also know the world makes it challenging to follow Christ faithfully. That's why I'm so excited about Summit Ministries. Their student conferences give teens and young adults reasons to trust the biblical foundation you've laid for them. Our oldest daughter, Brooklyn, is super excited to go this summer. And if you have a child ages 16 to 22, they can attend a Summit Ministries student conference this summer as well. Get a $200 discount on their in-person conference by using code SCHOOLHOUSE24 at checkout and receive an additional $200 off with their early bird discount when you register by March 31st. Visit summit.org schoolhouse to learn more. That's summit.org schoolhouse. I was like, you guys, clean up. We're getting a kid today. And so they're like, you just want us to clean up, mom. And I was like, no, clean up. They're bringing a child. And so my oldest was not a happy camper about it. Yeah, she really resented it because she was like, oh, this is work on me. Because we, when we have kids, it's not just me. I'm like, okay, I need you to change a diaper. Or can you make a bottle? Or, you know, everybody kind of has different responsibilities. She's done. Because that's not her personal part. Sure. 